Ladies and gentlemen, it is Steel or No Steel with your host, Howie Crandell. That's right, it's me, Howie Crandell. Don't touch me, I got a thing about germs. Today, we're here to play Steel or No Steel, where we have 28 cases with seductively dressed women who are going to open these cases with the hopes of $1 million for our contestant. Are we ready? Yes, I'm ready. I, I just want to say, Howie or... Fowey or whatever your name is, I loved you in that Blue Monster movie. But anyways, I'm ready to play Steel or No Steel. And as you can see, this is our contestant, Christopher. So, alright, let's get it started. Which seductive lady are you gonna have? Open a case! Yeah, 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 man, yeah. I like I like that uh, yellow bone shawty right over there. So, yellow bone shawty over there with case number 14. I think she gonna be the one to have a million dollars in the case. Maya, open the case. And that is the million Unfortunately, you won't be going home with a million, but we have plenty of other prizes on the board. Let's keep going. And due to the time constraints of this show, we skip ahead of the action. Now, Chris, we have three cases left, and the biggest amount on the board is $25. Uh, the other amounts on the board, $10 and a penny. Now, you have a banker offer of $7. Are you going to take the $7? Or are you and let the banker steal your case? Or are you going to keep on going and hope that you have the 25 in your case? Nah, man, I'm trying to hope I get the 25, man, so I can take me and mine to the chicken shack. Okay, what's the next case number you're gonna open? Number seven. Tina, open the case. Ooh, that was the $25. So the best you could have now is $10. Let's see. If you made the right decision, and unfortunately, you have the penny, well, how do you feel? Not good. Not good. Not good. Well, at least you got to be on the show with me, Howie Crandell. Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Micah. And this is the Donut Box Podcast. Hey man, it's episode 41. I know you were feeling a little under the weather last week. How you doing this week? I'm uh, still a little under the weather, coughing like crazy, but we're doing okay. We're doing okay. We're we're alive, and I'm not going to say kicking because you know how I feel about that statement. Yeah, so we welcome all of you guys on this Monday morning to the Donut Box Podcast. Man, I can't believe it's already September. Like Summer came and went, and now it's fall. Fall is here, and so we're so excited uh, to do this podcast with you guys hey shout out to people in kansas people in new york people in our home state of texas people in georgia florida iowa nebraska of course people over there in ireland belgium's giving us some love people in japan australia so we appreciate all you guys so if you're brand new to the donut box podcast welcome and we're going to start off with an oldie but a goodie it is the old-fashioned donut which is a story from our past now we're going back to people from our past and this one person uh he became i guess a friend of ours so a little backstory so mike and i have always been great friends best friends and throughout the years we've had people come and they were kind of like our third not our third wheel but our third musketeer so we've had rotating third musketeers and this one guy he uh he was our last third musketeer yes he was and his we're gonna call him by his nickname it was fat cat and fat cat he was uh, he was an interesting fella. So, I mean, we, we have so many stories, Chris. I don't know where to start with him. I really don't. There's so much. I guess I'll, I'll start with how we met Fat Cat. So, um, 
we just moved out to Texas and I started high school and this guy he started high school same time as me and was from out of town so naturally of course it's like two new kids um, meet each other and whatnot well anyway so I shortly thereafter introduced him to Chris and um, yeah he had a really nice house like a really nice house didn't he Chris yes he did now I will go on the record and I will say uh, Fat Cat was more of Micah's friend than my friend, and uh, I was not the biggest fan of Fat Cat, simply because anytime him and Micah would get together, they'd always gang up and pick on me, and they always had a knack of doing mess up stuff to me. Uh, now, for example, I'll tell you the thing that made me the most mad. It was Micah and Fat Cat's graduation. They had just graduated from high school. This is when we were living in Texas. I was a year older than them and um, we have the graduation party and my mom's there and it's a good time well there was some other stuff that happened but we won't go into that uh, but I go out to my truck to get something and I find that the tailgate of my truck had been taken off and set in the bed of my truck and I was already having a really bad night and come to find out Micah and Fat Cat they took the tailgate off my truck and I was not a happy camper at all. So let me tell you my side of the story on this one. So it was our graduation night, and you know we were we were being crazy as kids on graduation night do, and we were I don't remember whose idea it was. I don't think Chris liked Fat Cat because he was an instigator. He was an instigator. He, I mean, he knew how to just like present these ideas in such a way to where it's like, yeah, that's a good idea. And so <laughs> he says, you know, oh, there, you know, Chris's truck is out front. And, you know, this is when we were working at Boot Corral. And so at the end of the day, you would pile up like all the boot boxes and things. And normally you would throw them out. But at the time, um, the garbage truck wasn't coming around at the store. So all of this, these boot boxes were in the back of his truck. And so we had this bright idea of, you know, in order to take a tailgate off a truck, it's just a, you know, all we need is a screwdriver, and we could just take that puppy off right quick. And so what we did is we took his tailgate off, and we opened his, his car door, because I don't, did you leave it unlocked, or did I get the keys? I don't remember. But we opened the door, and we literally put the tailgate in the truck diagonally, so it's in the cab of the truck. So, like, you can't get in the truck. You can't sit in the seats or nothing because there's a tailgate in there. And then also we took every bit of the boot boxes from in there and filled the cab of his truck. And if I remember correctly, you know, I wake up the next morning because he's got to go to work. And he, I mean, he's banging on my door. And he's like, you're going to put this tailgate back on my truck, right? Now. I've never seen Chris so mad. He was livid, man. He was so mad. Yes, I was very, very mad. And uh, like you said, Fat Cat was an instigator. He liked to stir the pot. He also liked to uh, pit me and Micah against each other. And me and Fat Cat had college classes together. And it was in a town about 30 minutes out. So we would carpool, right? We would take turns driving. And so Fat Cat would always push the buttons and be like, yeah, I can't believe Micah does this. And I can't believe he does that. And then come to find out whenever he was with Micah, he was like, yeah, I can't believe Chris does this. And Chris does that. Now there was one time with Fat Cat. Um, we were at, this was before we knew Jesus. We were at a club 
and we were sitting there, and it was my birthday, and so Micah had, like, bought, like, this VIP section, right, for us all to sit in. Now, the club had hired these girls that were, they weren't really valets, but they were there to entertain the gentlemen and kind of flirt with them, and they paid them to uh, just, you know, kind of just flirt with flirt with the guys so that they could buy more drinks, right? And so um, we're sitting there, and there's this one lady that is talking to all of us, and she's talking to Fat Cat, and uh, he's like, yeah, uh, he was like, you, you're really not doing it for me. We're not really having a connection. You know, you're kind of getting on my nerves. Uh, can you send out the next, next uh, I don't remember what they called them. I won't call them valets, but like, can you send the next one out? Valet implies a really bad term. It's, it wasn't like that. But but basically, uh, they got mad at him, and they were like, yeah, get out. So, yeah, that's what happened. Well, not just that. He, he so literally nobody came around. Like, nobody would talk to him. Of course, you know, everybody stayed away from him. And he's about, he, so he decides, I'm going to go home early. I'm going to leave. I'm going to go home. And what ends up happening, he gets out to the club like entrance where we had to give our IDs over and they were keeping our IDs and like you picked them up on the way out and he goes to pick up his IDs well they've magically lost his his driver's license so he had to, he had to get another driver's license for his little comments but I will say this uh, the the parallels I can draw to any character fat cat was like Peter Griffin he was he was an instigator he would press everybody's buttons, but at the time he was lovable somehow, and you could tolerate him. But yeah, it was one of those things we really didn't like him like pitting each other against each other, and so ended up just fizzling out as a friendship. But uh, we were even a part of a cigar club at one point. Yeah, that. we were, and like Micah said, I mean, Fat Cat was funny. He would just sometimes say things that would just make you laugh and. Uh, he was also like very sarcastic about it, and uh, yeah, it, he was very interesting. He was cool to hang out like one on one, but if you got him in a group setting, he would definitely just be a jerk. And uh, yeah, he, he I didn't really like it just because like whenever him and Micah hung out, like Micah was like pretty mean to me, and so I I just got like tired of it. And that's why I didn't like Fat Cat too much. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this, and I'm sorry for those times, Chris, But and we've already talked about that before, but it's one of those things of um, sometimes when you get around certain people, like I like to talk crap, especially in certain settings, and so it's like certain people just get it get it out of me more, and so it, I have to be careful around those people, and Fat Cat was one of them people. Yeah, I do remember uh, one time that y'all like went to go blow up like a project or something that y'all had made, and so we went out <laughs> to the middle of the like a dirt road, and like in the middle of nowhere, and y'all took the project, and then y'all like took some fireworks, and then you like I don't know what happened, but I just remember lighting whatever it was to blow it up. And, like, I remember taking off running, and I, like, face-planted on the ground, and I was like, oh, crap, I gotta get up, gotta get up, it's coming this way! And we were laughing so hard because he had face-planted. Um, one more story about Fat Cat before we go. That's not the only thing that we blew up. We went fishing one time, he and I, and uh, we, we caught this little fish. Well, the problem was the hook got swallowed. And so uh, Fat Cat was not exactly a what can I say? He wasn't exactly gentle with nature, I guess is what you could say. And he's getting his hook back. So he, you know, he, he reaches down this fish's throat and yanks this hook out. Well, it killed the fish, right? 
And so we felt bad because we're sitting here like, well, we can't just, you know, leave this fish on the side and not use it for something. Um, it was too small to eat, and it was all we had all sorts of conundrums. So what did we decide to do? Hey, there's firecrackers in the car. Let's stick it into the gills of the fish and blow up the fish. And I'm, I'm telling you, we were there in the parking lot of the lake, and we blew the crap out of that fish. I mean, I've never seen a fish go into so many pieces. Um, so, yeah, fat cat. Yeah, I'm sure uh, PETA is going to be coming for you any any day now. But anyways, uh, on to our next segment, and that is the Jelly Donut, which is the Jail Report. Michael, what do you have up for us today? Oh, I've got a few of them, man. Uh, you're not going to believe some of these. So, one, a, uh, a woman hops into a zoo enclosure and dances in front of a confused lion for TikTok. Wow. Yeah. Um, and side note, this TikTok crap is really ruining some stuff, but that's just my personal opinion there. Anyways, um, so this woman in the Bronx... Uh, jumped and became viral after jumping into the big cat's cage there in the zoo. And the lion approached her. What does she do? She starts dancing in front of it. Well, it just simply stared back at her like, what are you doing, lady? And the lion didn't do anything. Well, NYPD got, of course, a hold of her. The zoo took the lion away, and she went to jail. Yeah, I think she should go to jail because... You jump into the lion cage, it's like, bro, that's their habitat. Like, that's their home. And, like, I'm not going to get on this soapbox. But the whole Harambe thing where they shot the gorilla, and and I get it. It was it was nuts. But I'm sitting here like, man, you went to do this for a video to go viral? TikTok has made our culture lose so much common sense. It's not what fries my donuts. But that lady should have went to jail. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, the thing is, um, they probably would have put that cat down. If something were to happen, like it would have attacked her or something like that, they probably would have tranked it or something. In the, so, yes, I totally agree with you. But I, I thought that was crazy. Like, why would you jump into a lion and clay? Like, tie your shoes. It's not this segment, but tie your shoes because you tripping, jumping into a lion enclosure for some views. Ridiculous. All right. So, the next one. A woman driving a toy truck leads police on a slow speed pursuit. Did she drive one of those power did she drive one of those power wheels? Yes, she did. Yes, she did. But here's the here's the catch. So she was in South Carolina and she and we, we know what South Carolina can be like. She was intoxicated. I mean obviously. So she was found cruising down the road in a silver BMW power wheels. Um, about a mile from her home. So police naturally, I mean, you see a 25-year-old in a, in a power wheels in the middle of nowhere going down the road, they're naturally going to ask some questions. So they, you know, get behind her, but she didn't stop. She kept going. Apparently, the police just followed her until it ended up running out of batteries, and then they got her. Time out. Why did the police just get on foot? Like, you know, if she wasn't stopping, why did the police just not take off on foot? And I don't know. It is South Carolina. They are a lot heavier over there, so uh, maybe maybe they just couldn't run after it. The explanation of the situation is what makes it even better. So when they, when they get her and they're asked, so what in the world were you doing and why were you running from us? Uh, she said she was riding the toy truck as a part of a scavenger hunt, and she, quote, 
wanted to be a professional wrestler like her father, and this is how to do it. So who's her dad that's a professional wrestler? Doesn't say, but I mean, that's a that's a heck of an explanation. Do you think she was just pulling something, pulling something out of there just to say something or what? She was probably a drunk, so she didn't know what she was doing, man. Like, I can't believe the police follow, like, followed her in a car. Like, I would have, like, I would have walked. <laughs> I would have walked, been like, man, man, please pull the car over. Like, you can't go that fast in Power Wheels. Like, no, I I don't know about Power Wheels nowadays, but there's no way they go over five miles an hour. Like, there's no way, especially with a grown person in there. No way. It is South Carolina, so maybe they souped it up. I, I don't know. It's like they put a lawnmower engine in a Power Wheels or something. I, I don't know. But anyway, so the very last one here. A man in reindeer slippers attempts to steal a woman's wheelchair. Oh, wow. That's taking it to a whole new level, trying to steal a lady's wheelchair. Yes. So a man in Arizona wearing reindeer slippers managed to dash away. Ha, ha, ha. Get it? And law enforcement caught up to him. But uh, this guy, 26, he was arrested by, and he was seen on surveillance tape trying to take a woman's wheelchair out from underneath her while on board a train so i guess she had it stored underneath there authorities credited hero passengers on the train for coming to the woman's rescue um so they literally posted a bunch like a bunch of people took pictures and that's how they found him and then surveillance tape apparently um but yeah she he literally grabbed it from underneath the storage area and just took her wheelchair dang bro that's nuts dude i don't know I can't say I would do it, and, like, don't judge me for saying this, but, like, I imagine some people want to beat the crap out of them for, like, wanting to take a lady's wheelchair. I don't know. It also makes... I was imagining him wheeling away in the wheelchair, like, when he was running for police, and then it made me think of Reno 911 when he was on the scooter. He's like, you'll never catch me alive! Well, I mean, the question I have is, um, you know, I, I know there's a big market for wheelchairs. Wheelchairs are expensive. I don't know if it's one of those things to where he was stealing it because he thought he could sell it and get some good money from it or what. But um, to me, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to steal a wheelchair. Maybe he had a family member that needed a wheelchair and they didn't have insurance. And maybe he was stealing it to help his family member out. Yeah, I mean, you never know. It was just, it's just very odd. But yeah. That was the jelly donut this week, man. Cool deal. Uh, that is very fascinating. Interesting stories, man. All right, so our next segment is the donut hole. And we're going to kick it back over to Micah for the donut hole of the week. Hey, so we got something really, really weird. So, Chris, we're going to a little bit of an aviation story. But just like the jelly donut a minute ago, this is a really, really odd story. And it's just one of those things of I want to get your opinion on it here. Um did you hear about the recent plane crash in Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina? It was in, um, let me see where when it was, July 31st is when it happened. So not very long ago. Um, but here's what happened. So there was a plane, and from somebody who likes planes, this type of plane is typically used for cargo of some sort. It is a, it's a bulky kind of plane. But... Pretty much what happened, one of the pilots jumped without a parachute from the plane mid-flight. And here's what's surrounding that story. So, this private operator of this cargo plane was flying into a remote field um, doing an exercise 
for the quote-unquote military, and it was a dirt strip in the middle of nowhere is where this plane was going to land. A 23-year-old co-pilot was the one landing the plane. Well, he touched down a little too hard on that dirt strip, and they damaged the landing gear. And what ended up happening was the captain had to take over and get them out of there, or else they would have crashed. Well, at this point, the co-pilot, the one that banged the wheels a little too hard, he stands up and he says, I need some air right quick. He's like, I'm getting really sick. I need some air. And meanwhile, they were diverting to a nearby major airport to get some help. And so the co-pilot goes into the back of the plane. And so, of course, the main pilot's having to fly, not thinking much about it, like, okay, the guy's sick. Um, It's not uncommon. I mean, you make a big mistake. He's probably worried about his job, things like that. I mean, you would imagine so. And what ends up happening is the back door opens. So the pilot puts the plane on autopilot and is like, what the heck? So he open, he looks behind him because this plane doesn't have a door for the cockpit. And he literally sees this guy jump out of the plane, not even trying to hold on to anything, like literally just jump out of the plane. Here's the question, though. It is not said whether he, as in the guy who went out of the plane, he said that he, because when the pilot asked, why is the door open? He says, because I need to get fresh air. Did he pass out or did he jump? That's. I think he jumped, bro. I don't know. Why would you open the door to a plane like in the middle of the air? Like that is absolutely. See, this is what I'm talking about. And I had this rant on Gen Z. This is what I'm talking about with these young people, man. They don't have any common sense. Why would you open the door to a plane because you needed some fresh air? Like that's. That doesn't make any sense. I think he jumped out, bro. Like, that that doesn't make any sense to me at all. And it was, I mean, it. and when it was, obviously he didn't have a parachute, but it wasn't that far from the airport either. It's not like he was far off from that plane landing. And, yeah, literally it was about 1,600 feet off the ground, which is still high. But that is, for a plane, That's you're coming in for a landing. You're pretty close to being there. I just thought it was a really weird story. But the thing for me... Something seems sketchy about the whole entire thing. Alright, it was a military operation plane, quote-unquote. We're going to land in this dirt field in the middle of um, North Carolina. Not nearby any... I mean, there are military bases, but where this is at, there wasn't anything like that. Another report that I read, it talked about... um, it It was a paratrooper flight. So literally, it was, you know, for like airborne and stuff like that. But this was a private company. It's not like this was actually the military... So, why were they landing in this dirt strip in the middle of nowhere? And it's a cargo plane. Like, the kind of plane that it is, is known for cargo. And I don't know. Something just seems like drug smuggling something. Something seems extra with the whole thing. You know what I think? I'm going to give you the explanation that they would give in the 80s. It was the Russians. It was the Russians and they were trying to invade us. Just kidding. I don't know, man. Yeah, the, the whole thing does sound seem kind of sketchy. Like, I don't know if homie was like trying to kill himself. Kill. I don't know. It's weird. Like, it's really weird that it would just land in the middle of nowhere. And I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't I don't know either, man. It's uh, it's a very interesting story. It's a very interesting story. But um, 
that was one that I wanted to talk about. And then there's another one. Um, it's we, we have a few more minutes here. Have you heard, and this happened in 2009, I briefly remember this. It was a plane traveling from Paris to Rio, and it literally um, disappeared in the middle of the ocean, in one of the deepest parts of the Atlantic Ocean. And they've literally only found three pieces of it. Looking at all the records, it's just like none of it makes sense. It's one of those... Like, do you believe there's certain areas like the Bermuda Triangle and things like that where weird, strange things happen to technology and, you know, just... Or, you know, it messes with people's minds or, or something because uh, this story in particular, they weren't over the Bermuda Triangle, but they were over a weird part of the Atlantic where there's been other crashes as well. They decided to fly directly through a thunderstorm when they could have totally avoided it. And so the every, they literally flew through this thunderstorm, didn't put their anti-ice on from what they can tell, and because they reported to air traffic control that there's, they couldn't tell what speed they were at, which is indication that ice is frozen over the pitot tube that actually shows what the speed is going. And they decided to keep going through this storm. And from what the air traffic controller said, they couldn't decide whether they wanted to change altitudes or not. They seemed incredibly spacey. And then next thing you know, it's like they don't hear anything from them, but they lost all radar contact after climbing almost 7,000 feet per minute after they were talking about it. So the question is, was it a lack of oxygen, you think? Because that's what that sounds like going on. Like maybe there was something going on with the oxygen systems on the plane. Nothing about it makes sense. And the weird thing is there was two other crashes in that same area that same thing where pilots were just disoriented they went into the multiverse that's what i think they went into another dimension they went into the multiverse i don't know i've been watching too much tv but i don't know some man. Sort of some things like that yeah some things like that are just you never know like I, I don't know if we'll ever get answers they're just weird things that happen man and i get you well hey i just want to that's why i love the donut hole is because uh, you can present these weird obscure stories and just kind of get opinions from each other and uh Kind of put them out there because I don't know, man. I think they're rather, rather strange and make you think a little bit. Well, how about you guys let us know what you think happened and go and like and comment and subscribe on our page. There's that little plug there. Tie it in. Shameless plug. Uh, so I guess we're going to move on to our segment, which is what fries my donuts? Ask me the question. Christopher, what fries your donuts? I'm going to not talk about other things that really fry my donuts because a lot happened today that does fry my donuts and i'm not going to talk about that but what i'm going to talk about and you're going to enjoy it is this is what fries my donuts and i'm going to preface this in a minute what fries my donuts are tv preachers now when i say tv preachers i'm not talking about the people that just get on tv and just preach i'm talking about these guys and we all seen them on tv at 2 o'clock in the morning, they're like, you have to sow into my ministry to get your blessing. God wants you to be have a blessed life. He wants you to have wealth. He wants you to have a new Ferrari. And the way that you're going to get that new Ferrari is you're going to sow into my ministry. And it's like they do these telethons. They're called televangelists. And they fry my donuts because they teach people a false doctrine and a false 
just sense of faith and people get their hopes up and believe that if they sow into these people's ministry that they're going to get a ferrari and they're really just taking these people's money and we've all seen those people on tv that have been like oh yeah god told me that i was going to have a seven million dollar jet and i need you guys to pay for it and i hate people like that because they're using the name of god to take advantage of people and it just really puts a bad taste in people's mouth it's always fried my donut for years and there's a very popular uh person that has been on the Oprah Winfrey Network. Uh, he has a church in Houston, and he's more of a motivational speaker, but man, like, he just preaches feel-good stuff, and it's like, there's nothing wrong with that. But, uh, I don't know, just those kind of preachers and people just fry my donuts. Oh, no, I, I could go on a long time for this. The, the thing is... I don't have a problem with people living in prosperity. I, I, I don't. You know, especially pastors. A lot of time, uh, you know, people who work in churches, pastors, you know, whoever works in churches, typically don't have high-paying jobs. That's typically what it is. And the thing is, I don't mind if your ministry is bringing in a decent amount of money, but you got to be reasonable, you know. There's no reason that you need a G5 for your ministry. I don't care how much you're flying around. Ain't no need for no G5. If like my thing is if you wanted to get a private like there's so many cheaper options. And I'm not even in that like private jets just one thing. You're making this much money. You shouldn't be staying in the penthouse suites. You shouldn't be I mean that money could be going so many other places. It, it shows who these people are actually serving, and they're serving themselves. And that is the really, really, like, really bad thing because they have these people wrapped around like you wouldn't believe that won't miss, a, you know, a TV special every Sunday or whenever they do it, and they will give money and give money, and, you know, they, they get led astray like a bunch of sheep, and it's sad because those, those people who are actually out there, the televangelists, and don't get me wrong, there are some good ones out there. I mean, as bad as it is, I, I kind of, I mean, I know a few, but like not the vast majority. But it just, no, I totally get you, man. It's, it's not right. Or two, I hate when people use a platform or like the pulpit. And when I say pulpit, I mean like they're preaching uh, influence and arena. To just preach their own agendas and preach what they want to preach uh, instead of preaching what's in the Bible, what's uh, the Word of God. And I don't like that. Even people that just preach about whatever's ticking them off that week. If something ticks them off, they'll they'll preach on it and they'll go on this whole tirade. But yeah, man, it, it, it's people like, I. if your ministry is doing well, there's nothing wrong with living well. And there's nothing wrong with having a good life and stuff like that and having nice things. But it's those people that... You can tell that's all where the money is going. It's just to keep up their appearance, to pay for their nice trips, to pay for their nice vacations. And they're not doing anything to help out. I mean, that person that I just mentioned down in Houston, whenever there was a big flood back in 2017, he closed the door of his churches and said, nobody can stay here. And I'm like, bro, you're this big million dollar, probably billion dollar ministry. And you have this big facility and you host thousands upon hundreds of thousands of people in your church every week for every sunday but you can't open it up to other people and he said up oh, you're on your own figure it out and conferences he's hosted hundreds of thousands of people for conferences but the difference is they're paying him money 
you know? And that's that's the messed up part. It's just, yeah, man, it's just one of those things to where I, I don't mind if your ministry is bringing in a lot of money. But I think the signs that are different, there's nothing wrong with a pastor. If, you're, if your ministry is, like, and this is an exorbitant amount of money, but some of these ministries do bring this amount. Um, like if you're making 10 to $15 million a year, say your ministry is making that. I mean, my thing is, take 500k. I, you know, and that's a that's a lot of money for anybody, right? But you can you can take that much money. But the thing is, it's like the rest of it goes to the church, and the rest of it goes for the common good. Because how much money you can do with that? I mean, a lot of these guys are taking a big cut of it, a big. Yeah, I think it just bothers me as being a fellow clergyman myself when when just those people in that position use people and and play on people like play on the people that are believing that their grandma is going to get healed from cancer and they blindly sow a thousand dollars and i just it's like the snake oil preachers they're selling snake oil and it's instead of you know instead of preaching the truth and so that's what just fries my donuts about it it always has and i will continue to be an advocate of preaching the truth instead of going and living on private jets and going to Cabo and having five houses. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I totally get it. I totally get it. I could keep on going forever on that. It's it's not it's just not it's just not morally right to do stuff like that. You know? But if there's anything that is good on the on the silver lining for everything, I'm a firm believer that if those people do so blindly into somebody's ministry, even if it's the wrong thing, God's going to see their intention and bless them for it still. So if there's any sort of silver lining, I think that's it. Um, but if you're believing that, you know, somebody's going to get healed and things like that, and they say, yes, it's going to happen, I'm a prophet and that sort of thing, and and then it doesn't and there's that letdown, I mean, uh, there's so much to it. It's It's just not right. Oh, yeah, and that's another thing, too. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, when people say, oh, yeah, I'm prophet so-and-so, or I'm evangelist so-and-so, and it's like, if you have to put prophet in front of your name or put evangelist in front of your name, like, bro, you, I don't know. I'm a little leery of you. If you're handing out business cards and saying, then it says prophet so-and-so on your name, I don't know. I'm a little leery about it, but, yeah, man. I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell one story right quick. So I was at this church one time, um, and I was only there for about a month. But they had this guy come in, and it was a year separate from each other. And the first year that this guy came, he called himself a, a prophet, and his wife was a prophetess, and they were both kind of a tag team thing. And the first year, I mean, they were on point, man. Like, they were calling stuff out, and things were true, and, like, literally what came from it and their words literally happened later on, and so you're sitting here going, okay, okay, um, maybe maybe they are true. Next year rolls around. They couldn't have been more wrong, man. Like, they could not have been more wrong. Everything they pointed out was absolutely wrong, and literally... And what I mean by that is, I remember there was this um, there was this lady and she had throat cancer, and they were like, "Yeah, yeah, God says you're gonna be healed, like for sure." I mean, it wasn't a month later, bro. <laughs> it wasn't a month later, and she was gone. And it was just like, I mean, and like everything they had said, pretty much was no good. 
And so it's just like you never know with that stuff, and it just, ah, I don't know. It's you got to be real careful. Yeah, I mean, you know, there are people that, like, it, you know, you do have human error and stuff like that, and there are people that are legitimate, and they do hear from God, and, and they do, you know, say what's true, but... You always got to be careful. Bible says test the spirits, uh, so so it's not wrong to ask questions. But anyways, I'm going to get off that soapbox. So our next segment is the Mystery Donut, which is our improv segment. So we are going to play our favorite game, which is fortunately, unfortunately. And so our first scenario is going to be moving. Okay, we all love the joys of moving. So, uh, do you want to start or do you want me to start? Yeah, I'll start. All right. Fortunately, I got the big truck this time. Unfortunately, you're going to have to move all your stuff up to the third floor. Fortunately, I have a nice view to supplement. You have a what? Nice view to supplement. Unfortunately, you also have a huge armor that you got to drag up all these steps. Fortunately, I have my best... Craig, or my best friend Chris who is doing the heavy lifting for me unfortunately your best friend Chris pulled his back and now he has to go get back surgery and you don't have anybody to help you fortunately I was insured very well so it's going to pay for all of his medical bills unfortunately you have to return the truck in an hour and you still have half of it to unload Fortunately, I have one person who doesn't have back issues, and we'll get it all off the truck, maybe just on the lawn, and then we'll get the truck back just in time. Unfortunately, the place closes at 5, and it is now 4.30. Fortunately, I make bukus of money. That's not true in real life. But I make bukus of money in this scenario, and it doesn't matter to me to just add a day. Unfortunately, you had to file for Chapter 7 bankruptcy because of that little uh, Bitcoin that you invested in. Wait, is it Chapter 7 or Chapter 11? I thought Chapter 11 was bankruptcy. There's Chapter 7, there's Chapter 9, and there's Chapter 11. They're different ones. Don't ask me what H1 means, but I know that there's different ones. Fortunately, I have lawyer. No, 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 it's done. It's done. It's done. We got to change it, bro. It's, we, it's done. All right. Our next one is at the zoo. At the zoo. Okay. Fortun Fortunately, it was kids' day, and the kids got in free today. Unfortunately, your kid got into the lion exhibit and started dancing for views on TikTok. Unfortunately, the lion was confused by his... Wait, I'm unfortunately... Oh, wait, sorry. Fortunately... <laughs> Fortunately, the lion was co was confused, and so uh, it didn't eat it. Unfortunately, they let out the other lion, and the other lion was pretty hungry, so now he's eyeballing the kid. Fortunately, I can find a new best friend because you're not very good friend by letting my kid get eaten in this scenario. Unfortunately, that won't stand up at all for any argument because you're the one that's responsible for your own kid. All right, all right. I think that was pretty good. We will play more, fortunately, unfortunately, coming soon. Man, I can't believe that you'd let the kid get eaten in that scenario. That's messed up. Ah, it's all good. You didn't want that kid anyway. He wasn't your fit. No, I'm joking. All right, man. So we are going to move into our eclair, which is our positive advice. And so I think you went first last time, so I'm going to go first this time. And so my eclair for this week 
I know it's been we've been a little bit more spiritual podcast, but uh, that's okay because we're not ashamed of our faith. We're, I'm going to just say it like this. Uh, don't go back to the doors that God has closed. And sometimes in our life, we get upset because people walk away or things don't work out the way that they are supposed to work out and we get upset. Um, but you know what? Sometimes it's a good thing that those doors closed because it might have been something that has been like hurting us the whole time. And I, I really had to learn that the hard way. Um, you know, there are people in my life that, you know, I thought were good for me and they ended up not being so good for me and God closed those doors. And yeah, it does hurt. But whenever God closes those doors, he opens another one. And so uh, don't go back to those closed doors because they're closed for a reason. And if you keep trying to look through the window, you know, um, it's only going to bring you hurt and heartache. And so if a door closes in your life, be thankful for it because it might have been saving you uh, a life of heartbreak and a lot a life of dealing with things that you don't even know about. And I saw this meme one time and it was like, God took those people out of your life because he heard conversations that you didn't. And so you never know, maybe those people were not out for your good and those people were meant to eat at your table. But if a door is closed and opportunity is closed, it's sad, but guess what? A new one is coming and you had that season, the door's closed for a reason. Hey, man, I totally get that. Hey, so my clear for this week. Hey, we've said it before, and no, I'm not the Philadelphia 76ers, but trust the process, all right? Trust the process. Um, I'm dealing with all sorts of situations in life, but the thing is, it, it's going to get tough. Like, I, I see a lot of things coming down the road, and it, it, it might get tough, but it's one of those things to where... We got to trust the process. We know in our heart of hearts what is right and what to do in certain situations. And so all we have to do is tr follow our compass, our internal compass. Everybody's got one. And that internal compass is going to lead you to where you need to go. And just trust the process. Trust in yourself. Trust what your gut is telling you. There's been so many times that I haven't trusted my gut and it's come back to bite me. You got to trust the process. You got to trust yourself and you got to trust the direction that you're going. And even if that direction is wrong, you can adjust. You can always adjust. There's always time to adjust. But trust yourself and trust that process because it, it's one of those things. And I don't know, man. Sometimes I, I'll just be honest. Sometimes it feels like when you're climbing that mountain, you're on a 90 degree incline and you got your hands on a, on a ledge. And your fingers can barely get it to where you can grip it. And it's foggy all around you. You can't see the top. You can't see the bottom. You don't know where the heck you're at. You don't know how high up you are. You don't know how low you are. You don't have a clue. But at the same time, you're like, man, all I know is that next step. You just got to take that next step and keep on trusting that that next step is not going to fail you. Yeah, man, it's true. And stick to your guns. Trust the process. Like you said, you know, that's that's a big, important part. So, hey, we've had a great time with you. Guess what? I'm editing the door wrestling video this week, so it should be out in the next uh, week or so. So y'all check that out. Uh, we have more content. Go check out the website, man. Where, 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 are they, where do they need to go? Hey, tvtrashcan.com. TVTrashCan.com. Hey, I wanted to tell you, the intro was not for no reason. I We did a knockoff of Deal or No Deal with Howie Crandell there. But the thing is, we have the actual thing on TV Trash Can. Up to four seasons now. I li it's literally been put on there. It's live right now. You can go watch them. And, you know, 
go check out the other stuff we have. We've got a lot of other videos, and it's just one of those things to where if you want free streaming, you want to find something for free, and you can literally binge watch it all you want, we have put them conveniently on our website for you. So just head on over there, check it out. We also got YouTube where all the playlists from the website are. So if you prefer YouTube, you can go there as well. And, you know, we've got Facebook, Instagram. You can keep up with us any way, shape, and form that you want. But go check it out, guys. Yeah, for sure. So check it out. Uh, we got some great stuff coming, and we're so excited for you guys. Uh, let's fall forward to <laughs> play on fall, and uh, I hope you guys have a good week. So we're going to sign off. I'm Chris. And I'm Micah. And you've been listening to the Donut Box yeah. Podcast. Bye.